The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Walter Ciades Fedchuk welcoming you back to day three of our 2017 European Spring Split Team by Team Preview. We've already covered two teams in North America, TSM and Team Dignitas, and we've covered two teams in Europe, Fnatic and the unstoppable 2016 European Champions, G2 Esports. And today, joining me, as always, my co-host and good friend, Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, for probably one of the more interesting roster moves of the offseason. Chase, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Interesting is the right word to use. <laughs> I think if you had given me a thousand guesses as to what H2K's roster would look like when the next season rolled around, I never would have come up with something resembling this roster uh certainly the two koreans that have come in are interesting choices and i just i don't know we're gonna see what happens this is an organization that has uh consistently done well since they've entered the league and i'm excited to see how this comes together and what uh they've seen that uh has led them to make the moves that they've made we're gonna say interesting a lot. That's the buzzword for this podcast, and I apologize for those of you who don't like alliteration, but it's interesting. So yes, we are in fact talking about H2K Gaming, which I learned like in the last six months stands for Hard to Kill. Yeah. It's like, that's such a like Call of Duty like clan name. It's kind of cool. Well, that's how I it like started, it. right? It was started well, yeah, in yeah, yeah, they were a console. Yeah, they were a console organization. I just like that Hard to Kill. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, for some of the members of this team last year, they were not, in fact, Hard to Kill, uh, leading them to a fourth place Regular season finish with a, a win-tie-loss record of 7-6-5. and five. They finally were able to actually like win a couple series in the playoffs uh, and win a couple series for their 80 carry at the time, Forgiven. Uh, they took third place in the summer playoffs, qualifying them for the 2016 World Championship, where they were the second-largest stunner of the World Championship, making it all the way to the semifinal before they lost 3-1 to one against Samsung Galaxy. 3-0. We were there! 3-0. Yeah, like, we, I, I have the pictures on my phone of the candlelight vigil we held for the West Hopes after Game 2 <laughs> of that series. Uh, yeah. So I remember very well the uh, complete lack of hope or optimism that uh, that existed in the Madison Square Garden when that series went down. 
But yeah, no, they accomplished they had two, a lot. They, they had two All-Pro players too, two third-team All-Pro players in Yankos and Vander. I kind of think Odawamne got snubbed a little bit. Like when I go when I go back and actually look at it, I think he may have been snubbed. And speaking of Odawamne, he returns as their top laner. Yankos returns at their jungler, and this is where things get interesting. Their mid laner Ryu has left for the. Uh, warmer pastures of, of California, and he looks to rise from the ashes uh, of a kind of disappointing world's performance, especially in the semifinal. He was a little lackluster. He was a little burnt out, it seems. Uh, he's been replaced by an HQK favorite, Fibivin. Hey! He's finally on the team that he, he took to the uh, the LCS and then left for, for Fnatic. Uh, the 80 carries... Forgiven and Freeze are gone to who knows where. They just this kind of disappeared into the clouds. And uh, they've been replaced by Nuclear, the former AD carry of Spenu. And your old friend from Rocket Vander. He has now been replaced by the former Jin Air Support, Che. And as always, they are head coached and the captain of the ship, Prolly. One of my favorite European, uh, North American exports. He's not, in fact, European. He <laughs> is the head coach in Europe. So, Chase, I know I hammered you a couple of times there with a couple of little body shots, but uh, where do you land on this roster other than interesting? Well, first of all, uh, shout-outs to Prawley because someone has to teach Europe what actual barbecue tastes like. So you got to keep the Southern hope alive, Polly. I will always appreciate you for that. Uh, fun fact about Odo Omne, uh, because I, I was looking it up when you said snub. How many times do you think he was uh, a player of the game last split, Walter, if you had to take a guess? In the summer split. Know that the most any individual player got was nine. Seven. One. <laughs> so maybe Odoabe wasn't an all-pro last split. Maybe not. But, but you okay, know what? The, the, you still have to take into account the guy, when he's at his best, he has played to a, an incredibly high level of play. He has been a, a top-tier top laner in Europe for a while now in a and has been able to really used teleports uh, in particular in order to help set up the rest of his teammates for those kinds of team fights. And Yankos has been absolutely astounding. So the core is there. The changes are what I find fascinating. And, you know, <laughs> Fabivin is... <laughs> you can't laugh every time I come up with a synonym for interesting. This is going to be too long. I Look, I like having Fabivin back. I love the idea of the prodigal son returning home after a mixed bag of a split. To replace uh, his angry father. Yeah, I understand that completely. Yeah, no, it, it needs to be done. I The question mark really is going to be around these Korean imports, which we'll go into more detail later. But honestly, it's a blend of core guys that we can depend upon and we know exactly what they are and what we can expect and new guys who are being taken out of their element and we have to see how the pieces fit in this new area and that's going to be the fun part I think when you look at how H2K eventually breaks down. Yeah, I, I, I think you're kind of right on that. And I want to land on Fabivin here. That's who I want to, I want to talk about this. Because okay. you're excited about it. That's, that's what we have on our show notes. You're excited about Fabivin. I like Fabivin. Well, and if you listen to the G2 podcast episode, which if you haven't, pause it now. Go listen to that right now so you hear this line, so you know exactly what I'm yeah, referencing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point, and he's going to put an annotation there, and it's going to be sure. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll put an annotation there, yeah. sure. 
And he is the second member of the self-help European Midlanders, guys who reading a whole bunch of self-help books. And there was even a moment where people were like afraid he was joining the, the cult of some streamer because he's been like this huge like self-help. Listen to me. I know I'm going to be your life coach. I'm going to teach you how to do things like jokingly fine, like whatever. But he just had a very off season with Fnatic. Just totally, you talked about Soaz being checked out on the Fnatic episode. Fabivin looked completely checked out for Fnatic last split. So, why on earth are you excited about this guy? Well, you know, it's funny when you say checked out, right? Because a checked out split for Fabivin still involves a 4.1 KDA, a 67.7% kill participation, uh, decent damage per minute numbers, being accountable for 27% of his team's damage. Uh, and the, the guy still played well. He was not the problem with that Fnatic team. I mean, obviously, there were a, lo a lot of issues that we'll never quite know. We won't know why Daylor uh, left or, or everything that ended up going wrong. But if ever there's a case that change of scenery guy is, is, is ready to go, it's with Fabivin. This is a guy who has been consistently very good, even at his worst, and he has had streaks of greatness during his time at H2K. I, I, I mean, during his time at Fnatic. And Season 5 World showed how good he can be. He has proven himself at an international level before. So we know that he MSI, has... The MSI beforehand, solo killing yeah. Faker. Like, I'm on board with he, that. He's just... made incredible plays. And the guy, sure, maybe you could say it wasn't his best split last split, but it certainly wasn't a poor one. And it's hard to expect him to have done much better than that, given the state that fanatic was in so now you're putting him with an organization that has been incredibly solid that just proved that they can put these pieces together and make a real run at worlds making it all the way to the semi-finals say what you will about the group say what you will about albus knox they still made it to the semi-finals of worlds there are only three other teams that did that so there you go on that end they 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 have you know, if you're looking at how, you know, what kind of piece do you want to add to a core? Well, why don't we add a guy who knows how to make plays and who has experience uh, being a primary carry at his time at Fnatic, being a secondary carry during his time at Fnatic, depending on which iteration of the roster that he was, you know, that was going on at that time. There's some versatility that he brings. And it's just, it's so nice when you have a meta in which getting ganks into the mid lane is so important to as far as setting up the mid laners for how they're going to play for the rest of the game well man if only they had the best ganker in the entirety of the region you know this first blood king over there who could set him up and put him in a place to succeed i like the the pairing of fabivan with yanko so much uh i love uh his potential to uh, to really get back uh, into the form that we saw him at when he was at his best. I have very high hopes for him this split. You know, I, I get it. I can see that it does seem like he's a really good change of scenery guy. He has history with the H2K organization, mm -hmm. though not necessarily three of the players that are on it, but him and Odo Omne back when they were in the challenger scene and they were cloud nine eclipse, I think was the European name at the time. They were very strong. Their solo lanes were fantastic. They were very strong. They really played off of each other. Well, they really roamed well together. He was a fantastic assassin player, Lissandra player, you know, all these kinds of things. I'm just the, the self-help stuff, the, the attitude stuff, the tiff that him and reckless got into forgiven. It just seemed like he regressed just as a person um, 
last split. And I don't know, that's kind of harsh. Like, how dare you judge this person that lives on the other side of the world and you don't know, but just persona out wide, it just seemed weird. It didn't seem like the youngster that was very quiet and reserved and, you know, had solo killed Faker and was like, you know, under Papa Daylor and was, you know, very controlled. It just seemed very off and He's the guy that I'm actually nervous for when I look at H2K. Mm. But you're nervous about a different lane. The entire lane. <sighs> Two players, in fact. Chase, the Korean imports. I don't like why? any of this. I don't... <laughs> why? What? Why? Ah, <laughs> oh, I just... You know, I looked at H2K, and I'm like, look. Forgiven, probably not going to be playing. He's still got his Greek military service going on. But, you know, Freeze, if he has if he's healthy, is going to be there. And they've got Vander, and Vander is such a strong piece. As you said, he was one of two players to be an all-pro for this team last split. And he was the reason that the bot lane was as strong as it was. Say what you will about Forgiven. He's a great player mechanically and has been so at different points in his career, but he was coming off of a lot of rust after, uh, you know, a bad first week on Origin, quitting for a little bit, uh, and then being brought back in and having to be worked into this H2K system. It was Vander that made his life so much easier for him. That's all gone. And what we're left with is Nuclear, who was the 80 carry for Spenu, who... I, I don't know what to say. He's they weren't great. He's fine great. if at his great. best. I mean, the guy leans on Lucian like like nothing else. He had 16 games on Lucian in the LCK Spring. Uh, we don't have the full stats for his challenger time because Spenu was immediately relegated. Turns out that nuclear wasn't that great of an AD carry when it came down to some of those relegation matches, and he really struggled uh, on things that required him to be a hard carry style of of player, which is fine as long as you have a support that helps enable plays then. Okay, well, let's let's get, you know, something like an Alistar, a Braum that can set him up and, and get him in a position to, to really succeed, land the skill shots that he wants. Except the problem is that Che is really bad at that. His Alistar was 2-8 last split. His Braum was 2-5. He doesn't play those kinds of champions very well. He is much more of an aggressive laner. He wants to start, you know, playing things like Bard and getting the stuns out right away. Or he wants to get Thresh hooks. Or he wants to go all in on Trundle. That was his best champion by far, uh, if you include things like the regional finals in which they played. So it's kind of a, a mismatch of identities. You've got a guy who is very, uh, you know, who prefers range, who prefers to use spells, who likes to peak in the mid to late game versus, you know, paired with a guy in Che who is all about, you know, setting up these kind of lane, lane advantages early on and, and getting these, you know, trying to get early leads for them. I This worries me. This feels like two players who are not really meant to play together i maybe i'm missing something maybe there's you know nuclear like i said the korean challenger stuff is hard to track down but when i i've looked through you know his win record was great he did well in the promotion tournament as an individual on things like uh the gin worked out all right for him uh mm -hmm. he can play sivir so certainly some of the things we've seen in this uh in this meta he can do but is Che going to be able to play the supports that match him when he's going on that style? I'm not sure. Is Nuclear going to be able to adjust to the way that Che likes to play the lane? I'm not sure. 
And that, to me, is incredibly concerning, especially because they're taking on a language barrier to do this, right? This isn't like Ryu, who's been on a team for a while, and we know exactly where his English is. The bot lane is might have problems communicating. We're not sure yet. And so there are all these question marks surrounding how Nuclear and Che are going to fit together, how skilled they are individually when you, you know, when you look at them as, as the pieces, uh, and... You know, whether or not, you know, meta shifts are going to be able to just take these guys out. I am concerned. I really, I I don't know. I, I think there are too many questions and not enough answers for me to feel comfortable. Totally, you know, totally 100% fair. Uh, I, I remember very little of Nuclear other than that in the spring he was sort of being talked up as like a, a good young player that could potentially break out. One of those kind of guys where he would have a decent season on a, on a mediocre team and you might see him then join a, a CJ Entis, a, a Rox, an SKT, a Longju, like someone else, and then he'll split time with a better AD carry and he'll be a young guy and kind of learn up. That mm -hmm. never happened. He stayed with Spenno when they went to Challenger. And... I have the unfortunate pleasure of being a Jinair Green Wings fan in Korea because that was just, I liked the plane. I thought it was cool. Yes. Like, I liked the bomber jackets. Like, Radplane.jpg, man. I'm all in. It I is. That's it's, fair. it's sad plane.jpg. It's just straight up. I didn't want to pick SKT because, like, oh, then you're like, it was kind of like after Ta Taipei Assassins one, like, everyone was a Taipei Assassins fan from the LMS. Like, I didn't want to be, like, I want to be kind of history about my Korean League of Legends. Um, You're right. Che is terrible on melee support champions. He's awful. He has terrible positioning, terrible decision-making. He eats skill shots for breakfast. He takes damage from opposing AD carries and trades like it's nothing. It's yeah. pretty bad on his melee support champions. Not good. He is pretty fantastic at the bard. He is pretty good at the ranged harassy kind of supports. Zyra's still very in vogue. Karma's still very in vogue. Those kind of champions are still in vogue. His Thresh is actually pretty good if you go a little bit back, you know, past summer, past spring, like a little farther back in his career. He's been an okay Thresh player, which is starting to crop up because he kind of takes advantage of things like Zyra and whatnot, and you just kind of kill him. So... As players, they have some potential, but I do think it does come down to the play style of can they mix and match, which it it, it really depends. Lucian and Sivir and Jin are short-range AD carries, and they really have to step up quite a ways to trade when you're playing like something like a Karma or a Zyra. You really are focusing your support completely on trading and hoping that your AD carry positions himself appropriately. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, that language barrier... We don't know. We just, yeah. we don't know. And, and, and Yankos, I love the guy. He does speak English, but sometimes it can be hard to understand his English because he has a very, very thick Polish accent. And I love it about him. It's unique. And Chase, he is your X factor for this team. And I, the first Blood King is back. Like, you don't yeah. have to sell me on this. Oh, but yeah. I don't believe in him. Sell me on him. Tell Yankos. If, if, you don't be if you don't believe in Yankos, here's the only stat you need to know. The guy had a 45% first blood rate after, despite, actually 49% first blood rate, excuse me, after a sample size of 37 games. That is insanity! That involves, by the way, the enemy team getting first blood or anyone else on his team getting first blood without him involved. 
49%. The guy is an incredible playmaker. And by the way, it was even better at Worlds where uh, he was just, he had a 62% of first blood rate, just constantly roaming around the map, playing these aggressive junglers, setting his teammates up for success. And they're going to need it because... While this bot lane is figuring itself out, and certainly Che has enough experience and Nuclear has enough potential where it could figure itself out, until then, they need to count on their solo laners, the guys who have been the core of this team, uh, you know, as far as how they've played around the map. It's not Ryu, it's Forbidden, but I think the idea is still the same. You want to get your mid laner to scale up nicely. You want to get Odo Omne in a place where he feels comfortable so he can start teleporting in and initiating fights, really helping the team fight phase, which is when H2K tends to shine. And Yankos is the guy to do that. It is going to be up to him to really focus on getting those lanes ahead and giving them the resources they need to succeed if they're going to be able to be a top-tier team. Uh, and, and some of that's also going to involve making sure that the language barrier does come down because he is a shot caller. And while I'm not going to say that he has a unique accent because, you know, the entire country of Poland exists, uh, I'm going to say that it's not necessarily the easiest thing for uh, Koreans to understand. And it's going to be difficult to see, you know, maybe make those early ganks work out. So it's going to be up to Yankos to make the plays happen, to find the holes in the enemy's defenses, to find the holes in the enemy's vision, and really get to work. And if he can do that, and he can do it consistently, and at the same level that he did last split, they're going to be in a pretty great place. The question is, can he keep it up? Because as I said, 49% first blood rate over a full season is insanity. I, if he took... Uh, you know, a full 10 percentage point drop off, it would be entirely reasonable and it would still be probably the best in the league at that kind of game rate. So <laughs> can he keep it up at that clip? It's almost impossible for him to do so. And if he takes a step back, that's going to put more pressure on Fabivin and Oduamne uh, as, as the spot lane gets figured out. But if he keeps playing like he did at Worlds, man, anything is possible. This team could uh, could reach some pretty incredible ceilings. I, I think it's actually incredibly important for this H2K roster for Yankos to continue to play. Not nearly at such a mind-numbingly insane level, but he he needs to be, you know, arguably the best jungler in Europe. And we, you know, when you start talking about best junglers in the world, you know, your top eight, ten, whatever, Yankos's name has got to stay up there if H2K wants to succeed. Yeah. Because in his recent Dunzo Manifesto, forgiven. Kind of, he does this. He's kind of a jerk, and he, you know, rips everyone a, a new one and says, "Oh, it's not my fault. It was this fault. It was this, whatever." But he does make this point of teams do tend to struggle after forgiven leaves because they are so forgiven dependent in their identity that it takes a little while for them to adjust away. Even H2K had problems with this at the beginning of the summer split after he disappeared, and. Bringing in someone like Freeze probably helped because he does have a semi-similar play style where he's very resourced and very, you know, wants everyone to focus on him, on his team, and get him ahead. Um, and I think that's a really important thing for H2K is they need to, you know, break that as quickly as possible and find their new identity. And I think you saw the start of that at the end of the World Championship, the games against Elvis Knox Luna, and even the games against Sansa, um, where Yankos played exceptionally well and was playing 
honestly above his expectation going into the world championship. So yeah. if he can keep it at that high level, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. I think they're going to be playoff bound. I do think that they're probably in that third, fourth place match again. I think they make it to the semifinals, but I don't know if with this roster they're quite good enough to actually contend for a title. Chase, what do you think? I think it's all going to depend on how that bot lane works out. I think if Nuclear and Che live up to the hype that H2K are throwing around them, this is going to be a potential top two team. They have the ability to do that with the pieces that they have. However, I've watched enough Che. He's played long enough at Janair. We know who he is. I don't see the upside that some analysts are pointing out. I think he plays very well on ranged supports, doesn't play well on melee supports. I don't think anything has happened between when he left Janair and when he signed here that is going to change that. And Nuclear did not live up to the hype last split. I think that is safe to say that Spenu team was poison. I'm not sure, you know, it's I, it's not quite at the are they bad or are they just on IM style of of terrible that uh, that they've brought out, but look, I need to see him do it against real talent when he has players surrounding him and there are no excuses that someone else screwed this up for him. Uh I, I need to see it. So I have them in that third or fourth place match as well. I think that that's the logical kind of end point. I think Yankos and, and Fabivan and Oduamne are too good of a core to not get there. But I think that they're just going to be held back by uh, the spotlight until they take the time to really sort it out. And we'll see going into the summer whether they feel good about improving upon that base or whether they're regretting letting go of one of their two all-pro players uh, at the, the very late in the offseason. <laughs> Hey, you know what? If Yankos continues to play at that insane level, I, I think the sky is honestly the limit, and they yeah. could possibly challenge you too. I think that's very accurate. That's going to do it for us. That is day three wrapped up. We've covered, like we said, we covered Fnatic, we covered TSM, we've covered G2, we've covered Dignitas, we covered Cloud9 over on the NA Podcast. If you want to just go ahead and hit next in the playlist and go listen to that. As always, you can follow myself at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? You can find me at Redshirt King. Can't wait to hear what you guys think about that Korean bot lane. Uh, that's really the, the exciting part of, of how this team fits together. And I'm sure that there are some Korean experts that would love to let me know about some of the things I missed about Nuclear's Challenger games. Uh, so please, uh, by all means, I'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. Come back tomorrow where we're going to cover one more NA team and we're going to cover another European team. And you know, Chase, I don't know about you, but I think since the acquisition of a, a certain Korean jungler, this team, they probably aren't living like renegades anymore. So until next time, Internet, goodbye. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Pod, 
Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.